everybody welcome back to the ghost cast with lila and athena today we will be talking about the deep love pass and here's the disclaimer for the episode because it is a very gruesome topic we will be using explicit language we will be handling the use of thc and other medical marijuana products this is an 18 plus podcast Today's episode is very heavy with gore, horror, and very graphic details. If you are squeamish in any way, please do not listen to this episode. But along the lines of that, grab your bong, grab your weed, grab your lighter, and whatever you need. Grab a snack, grab a drink, grab a seat, and tune in. Hi, it's Ezzing Athena here. So, we're having a little bit of some technical difficulties, so partly through... Um, some of these clips, our voices change. There's this weird little click, and then our voices get slightly deeper and, like, a little weird. Not to mention we are high off our ass. So if I'm saying um a lot, it's because I can't remember where I left off. I am reading my script that has all of the facts on it. So I will forget where I'm at for a second. And I also have a stutter, so if I start stuttering, that is why. Just bear with me. Be patient. Um, we also only have one mic, so if it, if you hear it move or you hear, hear us bump it, that's also why, um, this episode took us literally three days to record and edit because, one, I'm lazy, and two, we can only record half hours at a time, and we completely forgot, so it cut out, uh, some of it. So if it's a little choppy, I'm so sorry, I'm trying my best, <laughs> I'm not super great at editing, but... That's our little disclaimer before we start the episode, and here you go. All right, welcome back. So today is a very gruesome topic, and I do not know this topic at all. So I'm basically just here for the commentary because Athena kind of did all of the work and kind of sprung it on me, so she's also springing it on you guys too. But yeah. All right, so today's topic is the Deet Love Pass. Um, I've heard this once or twice from a couple other podcasts, and I just thought it was really interesting, so I decided to do it for you guys. So, in January of 1959, nine young hikers died on the Deet Love Pass, very mysteriously. Um, little backstory, these are all very experienced hikers and survivalists. Um, they're all engineers or in similar fields um so they are very experienced they know what they're doing so igor dietlov took his group up a mountain in soviet russia called ortorton um they were trying to reach its peak whatever um whilst heading up this mountain they all died like in very weird ways there were seven men two women um the monsi tribe mansi don't know how to pronounce it. This probably gonna happen a lot in this podcast. <laughs> with like half the names. <laughs> with half the names. Um, so Ortorton, rough this mountain that they're hiking up, roughly means don't go there. So that's a little interesting. So this is a 350 mile ski trip up a mountain called Don't Go There. Don't go there. But my question is, if they're so smart and experience why would they go to 
a fucking mountain that says, don't go there. Don't go there. Like, like, why does that not make like, sense? How does that not, re- like, register in your brain? So there was only one survival survivor in this whole trip. Um, and his name was Yuri Yudin. And the only reason he survived was because he got sick at the last place that they were all seen. Um, he even recalled seeing a conversation between Igor and a member of this Monsi village that they were staying at. And it was it looked like Igor was being warned by the villager. Um, probably not to go up this mountain called Don't Go There. Um, but um everything everything said seemed like pretty good for a while. They all kept journals and they took pictures. They were following a Monsi trail, so it was like well <laughs> it was well pl- planned out <laughs> and um like you know they were being led by one of the Monsi tribe so they were like oh like we're good like woohoo you know um speaking of said Monsi trail guide he refused to go up this mountain he stayed in the village that they were last seen at so this Monsi tra- like trail guide refused to take these hikers up this hill. Oh, this mountain. <laughs> um, so the last entries in all the journals were very happy. They had their own newspaper called the Evening of Arturton. Um, and the last entry seemed okay. But here's what the last entry really said. From now on, we know that the snowmen exist. Which is like really ominous. End of quote. <laughs> End of quote. Um, so February first, they set up camp on the base of a mountain of the mountain on a slope of a nearby mountain. Right, so it was like Ortorton nearby mountain. They're in that little slope. Yeah. And this mountain, not even like this is how it is translated. This is literally what it's called. It's literally called Dead Mountain. Why would you would think these guys would have common sense, but you know, whatever. Apparently not. Apparently not. Um, the area isn't necessarily avalanche prone, so keep that in mind as the story goes in. So slopes are a horrible place to set camp. If you're a experienced survivalist, hiker, whatever, you know this because slopes of mountains get colder than the rest of it. They're extremely cold. So in in Soviet Russia, these are going to be extra cold because it's middle of winter, right? It's like February. So a slope is like negative six during the day, which is fucking freezing. So, you know, at night is probably around like negative 26. Um, February 12th, they were supposed to make contact with Yuri again, and they didn't. February 12th, 20th, family and friends got a little nervous, but just, like, completely, you know, explainable. Your friends and your family are, like, missing. They haven't gotten in contact with you, but, you know. This whatever. Is, <laughs> whatever. This is, like, a really long hike in the middle of the mountains. Like, nothing's gonna go as planned, clearly. Um, so, they, you know, were nervous, but not, like, they were like, eh, like, it's fine. Um, February 26th is when the camp was found by search and rescuers. 
Weird thing, military got involved. The first thing that was found were the tents, their campsite, right? And they, all of them, were completely shredded from the inside. Which is crazy. Like, you can just use the zipper? <laughs> like, so obviously these people were very desperately trying to get out of their tents, enough that they shredded their tents from the inside. So, they all ran out of the tents in different directions. Um, some were barefoot, some were wearing socks, and only one had a singular shoe. There, like, it was probably the middle of the night when this happened. So it's, like, negative 26 out, barefoot. Why would they do that? These people are very experienced survivalists. Um. So I'm guessing it was either fucking run, probably get frostbite, but, like, maybe make it out alive. Or stay, put on fucking shoes and clothes in some case. And definitely die. Um, a mile away from where the tents were found, there, the first two bodies were found. So, these two bodies were belonging to Doroshenko and Krividenshenko, lying perfectly side by side in only their underwear. There were no shoes, obviously no clothes, there were only their underwear... Like, what the fuck? These are very experienced survivalists. They know what they're doing. And yet, they're in their underwear? Like, at no point during this trip would you be naked. Or in only your underwear. Like, at no point. Um, They were found under a tree. Specifically a cedar. And branches very high, high up in the tree. Like, 15 feet. Were broken and cracked. On the tree, on the branches leading up to those branches, um, there were remains of dead skin, not dead skin, wow, flesh, human skin, human yeah. flesh, and blood. Both of their hands were bloody messes, completely covered in blood, scraped to fucking hell, and there was a remains of a fire below the tree. Doroshenko, or Doroshenko? Dor- Doroshenko was found with burns on the sides of his head. His ears, nose, and lips were covered in blood. He had multiple abrasions and bruises on his arms, legs, and torso. There was also a fo- foamy, gray discharge that seemed to come from his mouth and was left on his cheek. Um, doctors later on said that this could be a cause of something causing a bunch of pressure on his chest. Like, something was on his chest that was so heavy that it forced all of the fucking bile, like, from his stomach and his, like, throat up and out of him. Which is, like, an insane amount of pressure. Krivenenchenko had bruises on his forehead, his left temporal bone, bruises on his legs, chest and hands um and pieces of skin were missing from the top of his hands and that skin was later found in his mouth 
later on, it kind of sounds like investigators tried covering up a lot of things, which we obviously will get into a little bit later. Um, Kravinchenko also had a burn on his left leg. So, both of these men have burns on their body. Like, their hands are cut to shit. Like, they climbed up this tree, which I'm assuming they did, because there was human flesh on this this tree. But then there was a remains of a fire. So, like... It was the snowman. The snowman. (laughs) It was the snowman. (laughs) It was the snowman. Um, so, like, why would you, first off, shred your tent in only your underwear, run out in negative 26 degree weather in the middle of the night, you know, because you're being chased by something, climb up a tree, and then, like, for your life, and then get down and make a fire? Like, what are you doing? What is happening over here? <laughs> None of that makes sense. Also, the fact that they both had burns on them. What did you do? Throw your fucking head in the fire? I sound so insensitive right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, um, like, that's just what I'm thinking in this moment. Okay, what I'm thinking is that, yes, something, like, got to them. They needed to get out of their tents. They ran for their lives. And I feel like they would have had clothes on them. Yeah, they, like, like at no point I in this trip would you be in your underwear. think that somebody else took their clothes and whoever was there and took their clothes made a fire next to them. Like, their dead bodies, like, after they died in the tree or whatever. But how did they get down? How did they get down from the tree? If they died in the tree, how did they get down? I don't think they died in the tree. Do you think they, like, climbed up this tree and then crawled back down, laid side by side by next to each other? In different positions and then died. <laughs> is that what you're talking about right now? No. Do you think someone pulled them out of the tree? Well, I feel like if there's flesh and guts at the top, and if they were to drag the bodies down through the branches, no, it no. would be all over. Like the flesh would be all over the branches. It wouldn't just be at the top. The branches leading up to those broken branches, because the the branches 15 feet up were broken. The ones leading up to it weren't broken, but they had flesh and blood all over them. Okay, then... But the the two bodies, the two men, like, only their hands were scratched up and bloody. So So it's not like they were pulled out of the tree. So I think that they climbed up, they died in the tree and somebody pulled them down but no nothing else on their body is scratched i don't know (laughs) i don't know then you know what i'm thinking i'm thinking whatever scared them enough to make them climb up that tree killed them right and then it had to have been something big or something with the ability to, like, go up there, grab them down without scratching the shit out of them from the tree, and then make it look super suspicious and weird, you know? Because they were laid side by side, right next to each other. I think somebody did that. Like, as if they were placed like Yeah, that. I don't yeah. think that's how they naturally died. Yeah, like, why were they like that? Anyway, 
Um, a little bit away from them and the tree, they found three more bodies, including Dietlove, the leader, Kalmakarova, and Slobodin. All were found in exact measurements apart, like 200 meters apart each. So the first one was found 200 meters from the tree. The second one, 200 meters from the first one. The third one, 200 meters from the second one. And they were all heading back to camp. Like, calmly. But if you just saw your friends die from what, like, ripped the fuck out of your tent, ran out, some of you not wearing shoes, some of you not wearing clothes, and the first two bodies case. Those were the only ones without clothes. Um, And then see your friends die, and then walk calmly back to camp, and then die walking calmly back to camp. That's weird. Um, I don't think... Okay, since they were calmly coming back to camp, I don't think they were there when whatever got to them. So do you think those three died first? Or last? Because if it was last, you would think they would get the fuck out of there. I think they died first. They died first, and then... Probably the second two? Yeah. Huh. I mean, that's like a pretty interesting like theory that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. But they all died the same day. All of them. All, all nine. All nine died the exact same day, just in different ways and at different times. Weird, right? Yeah. So, Igor Dietlove was found face up frozen clutching a birch branch in his hand and his other was shielding his face from something he was completely frozen um he also which this part is so sad they found a photo of Kalmogorova in his pocket because they were dating at the time he had no clothes on Wow, I'm reading off of a document and I type really fast, so I spelled so much shit wrong. I just, I meant clothes. He had, he had clothes on. Okay. <laughs> so, he had no internal injuries at all, um, and his cause of death was hypothermia. So, this man died of hypothermia. No internal injuries. Doesn't really say some of his like external injuries i don't think he had much for external injuries the photos for these were fucking insane um slobodan had some weirder injuries he was lying face down in the snow with bloody discharge from his nose swelling and weird bruises and abrasions on the right side of his face more abrasions on his left side of his face and his skin was ripped off of his right forearm. He had bruises on the joints of both hands, which indicates he was, like, fighting someone with his hands. You know what's insane to me? What? Is that the people who have gone over this, us who's learning about it, we will never know what the fuck happened to them. No one will ever know what happened to them. But other than the people that died, they will know 
Like, they know what killed them. They, they know they know have... what killed them. But, like, what is insane to me is that we will never know. We'll never... Like, we will like, never, can ever you know. imagine if it's, like, some government thing or some paranormal thing and they're, like, alive... You're not alive, but, like, they're ghosts or whatever and they're there to protect people from, you know, leaving the same fate that they did. And so they're trying to, like, communicate and be like, this is what fucking happened. Don't fucking go here. Like, but, like, none of us can figure but it no out. But no one can figure it out because they're dead. But, like, I wish I could be one of those people. I mean, like, like I want to know. I want to know. What happened to them. Like, I wish I was one of those people like, that saw what if happened, I could go knew what happened, time, and I died. Yeah, if I could go back in time and relive any point ever... I would relive this point. Or, like, I would, like, I would watch too. it. Like, watch like, it happen. Because, yeah. like, I want to know what the fuck. Same thing with, like, any happened. murder mystery. I feel like, like that'd be really traumatizing, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Watching nine people get brutally murdered by who knows what. Um. So, the rest of Slobodin's injuries. He had a fracture... Of the frontal bone of his skull. Which was super deep. And like seven inches long. That's like almost your entire fucking head. This man almost had his head fucking cut off. At the top. Like from forehead up. Which is You mean to the sides? Like forehead sides? Well yeah, but like from the forehead up. He would have had no head. Damn. Yeah. Sad. Oh. He also had hemorrhages in his temporalis muscle, which could be caused by a blunt force trauma. Um, The autopsy states that after he was hit, he lost all coordination, which probably sped up his death due to hypothermia. Because you can't move, you can't talk, you can't do anything. You can just sit there and watch. So whatever fucking caused that injury is... He then had to watch this thing kill his other friends until he died of hypothermia. Crazy. Crazy. Insane. But the guy before process. <laughs> the guy before <laughs> him also died of hypothermia, but he had no internal injuries. He bar- he had barely any. Were they external. together? They were two hundred meters apart and they all died at separate times. Like, the, these first three all died of hypothermia, but, like, you th- hear about how their bodies were when they were found, and you're like, how did they die of hypothermia and not something else? Okay, well, the first one that had no internal dam- damages, Damage. yeah. whatever, I don't, I think that makes, he, sense that makes sense for him to die of hypothermia. But, I mean, if you're for, like, if you're on if your forearm has no fucking skin i'm pretty sure that's just not fucking frostbite no like like that can't be just frostbite so like his forearm ripped to shit he had multiple abrasions he had hemorrhages he had a fucking cut in his fucking skull or a fracture in his fucking skull and like almost has his head fucking split in half like, if fucking hypothermia is that bad, I don't think half of the people that live in, like, cold states would be living. Like, I mean... Like, they'd be all dead. I mean, yeah, like, there are things to, like, help counteract that. But if you have a gash that is pretty deep and seven inches long, 
in your fucking skull, that that's would be the thing to kill you. That's not hypothermia. Like, that's not hypothermia. That's not, that's not hypothermia. Like, the gash would be the thing to kill you. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, your brain would just shut down. Because after a while, if you don't get that fucking... Like, if you don't go to a fucking hospital for that, you're probably dead in seconds. You know? Hang on. I want to look it up. I want to look up how long it takes for you to die if you have your head fucking fractured in half. Or, like, you would at least die of fucking infection, you know? Yeah. Or something? Dude... After four to six minutes without oxygen to the blood supply, the brain begins to die. So four to six minutes, you're already dying because your brain is completely shutting off. After five minutes, if this doesn't result in death, it will result in irreversible brain damage. So if this kid didn't die, he had super bad brain damage and then died of hypothermia. But I'm pretty positive in the freezing fucking cold with a gash that is not taken care of with other severe injuries, five minutes, you're dead. I mean, yeah, there's just no way around that. So how did he die of fucking hypothermia? That makes no sense. At all. But next body, the last one (laughs) was Kamakarova. Um, this was the furthest body away from the rest of the group. She was found with blood all around her body, but they couldn't determine if it was from her or somebody else. Um, the only thing stated is that her cause of death was hypothermia due to a violent accident. There wasn't much about her death or her injuries at all. After they found those first five they had to wait for spring for the mountain to thaw out in order to find everybody else they didn't find the rest of the bodies until may 4th that's like a whole fucking month so the last four bodies were zolotarov oh i spelt his name wrong and i don't remember where i put it Kolobatov? No. Whatever. So, Zolotarev, the name that I can't pronounce, it'll come back later once I find it. I'll just say that that's the name I can pronounce. Um, and Kolobatov and Dubinina. Those were the last four. They were all found in a downslope, kind of near the tree where the first two were found. So, all of these people ripped out of their tent, ran in different directions, and then somehow... All of their bodies end up within, like, relatively close to the cedar tree where the first two died. So that's also fucking weird and something to think about while you listen to the rest of the episode. So this is where it gets super weird and very gruesome. So if you're squeamish, please skip um, editing. Athena will pop in with a timestamp. But it gets pretty gruesome at this point. So they were all very clothed. Way more than the others. And some of them were wearing each other's clothes. So a theory is that these four took the first two's clothes. Which, you know, makes sense as to why. 
they would be in their underwear. So these guys took so much precaution that they even dug themselves into the ground to stave off the cold. They even placed branches from the cedar tree around them in like these little ditches that they dug themselves to not have like contact with all the snowy walls around them. Were they all in like separate holes or were they just in one big hole? They were all in separate holes. So each one individually dug their own little pit or whatever. So they dug themselves into the ground and then they put branches around them so that they wouldn't touch the, like, snow. Um, Another thing that's weird is that it appeared that they started a small fire for a small period. Another one... Like... Like next to their pits? Like next to their little pits, they started a fire away from the one that was under the cedar tree already. And it was like newer. So why would you start another fire in a different spot than the one you had already started? Wouldn't it be easier to put it in the one that you had already started? You know? Like it's already, you know? None of these four died of hypothermia at all all of them died different times different ways or in similar ways with we like severely different injuries um so the autopsy report said that their internal damage were like that of a car crash like a very severe car crash um they had very little external damage There wasn't any soft tissue damage, not even a lot of bruising. So these four had the internal injuries of a severe car crash, but they had no external injuries, no soft tissue damage, barely any bruising. Zolotarev had crushed ribs, a shattered chest, his entire chest just like broken to shit. Um... He had mass internal damage, but no bruising. How do you have all? How do you have broken ribs? That's but no fucking bruising? insane. Yeah. Um, he was missing his eyes, which is also interesting. And he had five broken ribs on each side of his body. Um, there was an open wound on the side of his head with exposed bone. And the autopsy report says that both Zolotarev and Dubinina had an interesting pattern of injuries. They both had injuries in, like, super similar directions. Very similar, actually, exact, exact directions, exact amount of force. Um, despite differences in their height, their size, their weight, their shape. Completely the same pattern and force of injuries, but completely different people. So this couldn't have been, like, a uniform event like an avalanche. Not to mention this isn't an avalanche-prone area. Um, Zolotarev was also found with his camera around his neck, but they never released the photos. 
So if you're scrambling to get out of your tent enough, like panic enough, panicked enough that you will rip it to shreds, why would you grab a camera? That makes absolutely no sense. Yuri, the survivor, um, said that there was a lot of cameras on this trip and he had never seen that specific one. So either Zolotrev was trying to hide this camera or someone put it there. Um, investigators claim that the film of this camera got damaged in water. Um, but all the other cameras were perfectly fine. They got the film off of it perfectly fine. So obviously there's something on that camera that the government doesn't want us to know. Dubonino was found with the most insane injuries. This one's the most gruesome of all. So she was found with her head tilted back with her mouth open like she, open wide like she was screaming. She was all frostbitten and frozen. She was wearing like a lot of clothes. So she was found wearing a short-sleeved shirt, a long-sleeved shirt, two sweaters, underwear, long socks, two pairs of pants, and interestingly, the outer pants were burnt by fire. So she probably took clothes from the others. I mean, that would make sense. If not, how the fuck did her pants get burned? Um, she had a hat, two pairs of socks, and she even cut up a sweater and like used it to wrap around her feet. So, a lot of clothes. Her injuries were the worst by far and definitely the most bizarre. Um, So, she had some soft tissue damage. So, like, some soft tissue was missing, but she was also severely frostbitten. So, keep that in mind. Um, She had soft tissue damage around her eyes, her eyebrows, her left temporal area. Um, In that area, the bone was also exposed. She was missing her tongue, which is, like, the weirdest thing. But it stated that it looked like it was torn out from the root, which means it was, like, yanked out of her mouth. Um, A lot of people are thinking maybe an animal ate it, but if, like, why was only her, why was only she being the one without her tongue? Like, why would an animal only eat one of their tongues? And she was found under, like, 12 feet of snow. So, I don't think an animal. She was also missing her eyes, like, the past guy. Um, And her nose was so busted and broken that it was flattened. She had four ribs broken on her right side and six on her left. Her upper lip was completely missing. Her upper teeth and jaw were exposed, which... Would be understandable with the missing upper lip. Um, But the weirdest bit is that her stomach had about 100 grams of coagulated blood. Which indicates that her blood was flowing and her heart was pumping when her tongue was ripped out of her head. Um, So she was very alive when that happened. Her official cause of death was the heart hemorrhage. Um, because, you know, it was fucking massive. 
Kolovitov Kolovitov had a broken nose and a deformed neck, but that's all his autopsy report states. It doesn't really have a lot more. Um, He could have been more decomposed than the others, but that would have meant he had to have died before them, like a decent amount before them. Um, Brindowell, which is the one that I couldn't pronounce earlier, had multiple fractures to his temporal bone in his skull, a bruise on his upper lip, and a hemorrhage of his lower forearm. The doctor kind of just, like, ruled out an accidental fall. Um, you know, a basic accidental break because, and I quote, it was massive and really weird. So, accidental fall just doesn't make sense. The last four bodies, these last four, all of their chests were crushed with an immense pressure. A lot of people are going to the theory of this phenomenon happening with a lot of them not wearing clothes, which is called paradoxical undressing. It happens in like 20% of hypothermia cases. Um, Your body tricks you into thinking you're hot. So they like start, you start stripping your clothes. Along the lines of the camera... All the cameras that were known had some photos on them. So there was one from the day before they set up camp. Everyone was happy. Everything looked normal. Um, Yuri testified that Kolovitov had an avid personal diary that was with him all the time, at all times. And he saw it with him when he left the village. That diary has like never been found. It's completely missing. A camera also went missing, so that's a little strange. Um, another interesting kind of bit is that a lot of the people at the funerals said that their bodies had an orange tinge and that their hair looked like it had no pigment. This is kind of where we get into like government conspiracy, like as the main theory of what happened. Mainly because some of the clothes found on the bodies contained a very high level of radiation. Sorry if you can, sorry if you can hear the dog. <laughs> My German okay, shepherd's in the room. I want to say something though, because what year did this happen? Nineteen fifty-nine, right? Yeah. Isn't that part of the Cold War period? Yeah, so to Soviet me, it, Russia. So that was during the Cold War. Yeah. So one theory for me is if something nuclear or something that like because they were radioactive and shit, I think that was something that probably is probably from the Cold War. Another thing with like them being radioactive, isn't one of the symptoms of like radio radioactive poisoning or whatever? Um is like you go insane. Kind of like you go and say your body like shuts down and you like. Let me look it up. Because I know one of the theories is sound weapons. At least I think that's what they're called. And basically, it plays a sound at a pitch that humans, 
people can't understand. They can't comprehend it. Okay, so how does radiation affect the human body? This is from www.cancer.org. So it's hearing loss, skin and scalp changes, trouble with memory and speech, extreme tiredness, fatigue, vomiting, nausea, hair loss, and headaches. Okay, so no, so, so I'm thinking about the sound plugins because ooh, the, and oh wait, okay, never mind, sorry. Keep, so, okay, <laughs> so the sound weapons they play at a pitch that it is uncomprehensible to human brains, right? And it makes your body do like super weird things to itself, which would explain like a lot of the internal injuries, but no external. You know what I mean? Like, no soft Like, they breathe damage. it in and shit? Like, mate, well, no, it's a sound. So oh. it plays a sound that you can't hear, and humans can't comprehend, and then it makes your body, like, destroy itself in weird ways, and then you go insane and do weird fucking shit. So that for some of them that had no soft tissue damage, like, no bruising, no scuffing, no nothing, like, but they had extreme internal damage, because you wouldn't have- What is that called? Sound weapon, sound weapons. Oh, I didn't do a mass amount of research. That's how weapons. <laughs> okay, I'd be like the FBI. I'd be like, excuse me, ma'am. Are you okay? Sound machines. Sound weapons. Weapons. I feel like it'd be like a machine. Like I well, feel like it wouldn't be a fucking shit. It's a machine. <laughs> No, they're going to get some banshee over here okay, to play a pitch. Sh- let me play the flute real quick. <laughs> okay. Where did you hear that from, though? Like, was, is it an actual thing? Like, that's an actual, like, that's an actual thing. I mean, I don't think any have been made, but I know it's definitely um, an idea, and it's definitely been researched by a lot of humans. So a lot of people are thinking sound weapons because that, I mean, does make a lot of sense. It does, yeah. Um, A lot of people are thinking, like, this mountain was, like, a government, like, testing area, right? And the Monsi knew, like, before, like, years before, this was, like, where the military was testing all their dangerous weapons. So they named it, like, the mountains, like, don't go up there, you know? And they just stayed away. And then as it was forgotten that this was a government testing ground, they just were like, we just know not to go up there. Like, it's a well-known thing throughout the tribe. We don't know why we don't go up there, but we don't go up there, you know? And then these hikers, they were obviously warned, but they went up anyway. And then they got in the way, or maybe the government sent them there on purpose. This reminds me of the Chernobyl Diaries. I don't know that one. What? Hold up, let me. So where to go? How do spell that? Chernobyl. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Hold on. I don't know how to spell it. The Chernobyl disaster. Read it. Huh. And it's like a nuclear. Yeah. plant that like went wrong yeah it's like uh, supposedly so burning and like this a mountain is from the government testing whatever the fuck they got yeah 
nuclear fucked up shit happens. Maybe they, like, stumbled upon it. You know, who knows. But anyway, so, Kuznichenko had uh, very high levels of radiation on his clothes. Um, He was once working, like, two years before, in 57, he was working in a secret nuclear plutonium plant, which experienced a disaster um, in 57, two years before this happened. And that said disaster was a radioactive leak. He was among the people that were sent to go clean this up. But, like, this guy's an engineer, so he's not going to keep the clothes that have fucking radiation on them. Like, he's not fucking stupid. Um. Another thing with the, um, government. <laughs> sorry for the set of noises. <laughs> I got caught in mouth, all right? I'm sorry. Um, another thing that, like, kind of ties into, like, government conspiracy is that Yuri, the one survivor, survivor, um, believes about, like, the government weapon, and, like, this was that probably government territory, and they were, like, executed. Um, but he claimed to see among some of the items when he went in to, like, make sure all of the items were there and stuff. He said that there was a torn piece of fabric that resembled something that could have come from a soldier's coat. And he also found a pair of glasses and skis that didn't belong to anyone there. Which I think the soldier, whatever the fuck you call it, makes sense if it was part of a like radiation testing area. Even or like that, a weapon sound yeah, shit testing it area. Because like, like, what if it's a soldier radiation. that's protecting their plant? That's yeah. like, bitch, we warned you. <laughs> like, gonna fucking kill you. You're not allowed here because it's clearly called but Dead Mountain. Don't with, go here. Some of them, like them being murdered, makes sense. Like murdered by a human being makes sense. But with the ones with internal damage but no soft tissue damage. Like, you can't have five broken ribs I don't even side, understand, no. like, in 2021? Like, okay, we're in 2021, and I don't think that's even, like, still possible till this day. Like, for yeah. that shit to happen. Yeah, like, you can't have five broken ribs on each side and not have any bruising. Like, that's like, how is that possible? Impossible. Like, if you can give me a good explanation, like, please, like, like tell please, me how that happened. Doctors, listen to this. Like, <laughs> give us some expo. Uh, oh, yeah. You're also testified or testim- testimonied? Testified. I don't know the words. My vocab is broken right now. Um, anyway, he testified <laughs> that he saw documents that said the investigation started two weeks before the initial discovery of the camp. So government, the government has a document There was stating, also UFO sightings yeah, that were... Yeah. Like, people saw them and there's, like, actual photos of them. Yeah, of, actual like, photos. Of, I did... Which, like, way. what if that's... Part of it, like that's, that, makes it just ties in together. That's what my freshman high school year, freshman high school year, final. Anyway, my freshman year of high school, right? That was my final. Was about the existence of aliens, and most of my proof is from FBI and CIA official sites from 1959. Like I didn't even realize to tie this together until just now, and they were the photos and the exact same testimony. 
Again, it kind of just like cut us out completely. So basically, where I'm, you know, at this end, the end of this clip, I'm talking about my freshman year final, about the existence of aliens, and I was talking about the exact same testimony where I got it. All of that. Um, that's basically where we ended off. So <laughs> this episode sucks, literal ass, but it's okay. We're high up our ass and we're having technical difficulties, so bear with us, bear with us. Our next episode should be edited way better, hoping, anyway. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the end of the video, or the end of the episode. I keep saying video. So I hope you guys enjoyed. <laughs> sorry for all the technical difficulties. Um, sorry for the choppiness. So yeah, thank you for listening. Have a good night day wherever you are uh stay groovy keep smoking (laughs) oh my god this episode sucks bye guys